Hey, good morning. Today's daf is daf peiches. We're going to go from the um, fourth last line of Peizayin Amud Beis, 87b. And today's shir is Le'ilu Nishmas, Ben Sion, Ben Ze'ev, Avram Halevi, Meir Ben Shlomo, and Avram Ben Meir. And sorry, one sec. And Chaya Shulam, it's Sarah Meira, Bas Chaim. May their memory be a blessing, and they may, may the neshamas have an aliyah. Okay, so yesterday we mentioned that we we are discussing um, drawing water, drawing from drawing water from a body of water on Shabbos. Remember, the problem is a body of water is a karmelis, and if you're drawing it onto your balcony or into your house, you're drawing it into a rishus hayachid. But Chazal were quite lenient because they know how essential water is. Akavia ben Chananya ben Akavia came along and he had an amazing, um, quite an amazing leniency when you think about it. He said, if you just have a platform of four by four amos, you can view and you, you dig a hole in the, you cut out a hole in the middle, four tvochim by four tvochim, and you view it as if the platform's folded over so that you have a box, a mech, you have mechitzas around the hole of ten by ten tvochim, of ten, of, a, of ten tvochim high, and you can draw water from that. And it seems he might have only made that leniency, or it comes out that he only made that leniency for Tiveria, for the people of Tiveria, because there was an added factor to go lenient there, because Tiveria was surrounded by um, houses, karfeifs, are enclosed areas, so the back wall of the enclosure would go up to the river, the sea of the uh, Yamshel Tiveria, and uh, steep embankments. So therefore, it was an enclosed sea, which should make, which would actually make it a Rishus Hayochid Karmelis. So it's a bit more lenient to draw water from there, and therefore he allowed this platform over there. Once we mentioned those two leniencies that a kavya made for um, Anshay Tveria, we're going to mention a further. We yesterday we read a list which mentioned three. <coughs> Three things that Hananya ben Akavia permitted for them, and um, they were Mamalin Maimi Gustra, that's the one we just discussed, Beshabbos and Shabbos. And now the two we're going to go into now is Toimnim Ba'atza or Mistamkin Ba'aluntis. So if you go, so the yeah, so it says, the Gemara says, fifth last line of Pei Zayin Amar Beis 87b, Mamalin Maimi Gustra Beshabbos Hoda Omron. The first one is, as we've just discussed, filling water from a platform. Um, as opposed to having it already in the shape of, of proper mechitzas to draw water through. Then it says you can, you're allowed to store your fruit in the bean residue, or the leaves and the plants that were left over from the bean plants, um, you can store your other fruit in that. Now that's got nothing to do with Shabbos. Mahi, what's this referring to? So just before we go into the exact thing it's referring to, remember regarding food becoming tome, it has to become wet first. Any of the seven liquids, but we'll just discuss water, it has to become wet, otherwise it's not susceptible. A further factor is that you have to want that water. If you don't want that water and it becomes wet, then it does not make your food susceptible to tumor. The phrase used for that is bekiyutan. Does he? It's, it's based on the pasuk. Let's not go into it now. But bekiyutan is 
If it's Bikiyutana, it means he wants the water and therefore it makes his produce or whatever, the food that became wet, susceptible to Tumma. If he does not want the water, let's say it's, it's, I mean, it's a discussion, it's raining onto something he doesn't want the water to rain onto and then it drips onto his food. So there he doesn't want the water, it would not make the food susceptible to Tumma. So what we're discussing now is they would pick these, the bean residue early in the morning when it was still damp from the dew, and then they would put food in it. Does that, and it seems that it was, in some ways, it was beneficial for the storage that it was still damp. So let's see, the Tanya we learned in a bracer, hash game, lahovi psoiles, he got up early to bring in this residue to wrap his food in, um, his fruit in, in of tal If he's gathering it early so that there is still the dew on it, well then it's bekiutan, it's, it's considered wet and susceptible to tumah. If the reason he's doing it early is because he doesn't want to lose out on work, I, he's got to do it He's got to do it early in the morning before he goes to work. Well, ain't a bikiyutan, then it's not bikiyutan. And a kavya ben Mahalal came along, not a kavya, a chananya ben Akavya came along and he said that, Stam, Tveria, you can assume, even if it's not clear whether they did it because they wanted moist when they put their food in it, wrapped their fruit in it, or because they just wanted to get up early and do it before they had to go to work, um, you can assume with Anshay Tveria that they did not want to be Mavato from the Malochta and it would not be Bekiyutan. Okay, the next thing that he mentioned was Mistafkin Balontis. You're allowed to dry yourself with a towel on Shabbos. Now, Mahi, what is this? The Tanya, as we learned in a Braissa, a person can dry himself with a towel. He goes to the bathhouse on Shabbos, he dries himself with a towel. He can put it in the window or in the, that might be the locker, but in the window. It says, you're not allowed to give it to the bathhouse attendant because we actually suspect them for doing schita. Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Shimon says, Not only that, you'd even be allowed to carry it home. Let's just quickly discuss using a towel on Shabbos because it's an interesting discussion. So first point is, why would you not be allowed to use a towel? So that, as I translated, we suspect the Uliorin of doing that, is schita. The towel gets wet, so you squeeze it to get the water out. That's a problem of schita or libum, whatever exactly the problem is, but it could actually be an isudoraisa. That's, uh, that's the problem with it. What makes our issue more complicated is this seems to be a special heter that a, kav, a Hananya ben Akavya made for the Anshayt Veria, whereas in the Gemara Shabbos, also didn't remember, it was just when I was looking into it, um, the Gemara in Shabbos says that the Chachomim came along and said, anyone is allowed to use a towel on Shabbos. Not just Anshay um, Tveria. So I think initially maybe Hananya ben Akavya permitted it to Anshay Tveria, or maybe there were circum- cert- uh, specific circumstances why they needed the special heter. Maybe I'll mention that shortly. But he came along and did it for Anshay Tveria, where Chazal made it a special takona. Now, why would Chazal permit using a towel on Shabbos? Do we not have this concern? 
So the run answers is that we know, granted, you're not allowed to wash in hot water on Shabbos. Remember, in the times of the Gomorrah, they were allowed to wash in cold water. They could go for a swim. They could have a cold bath or a cold shower. No problem. Um, and therefore, if you do... And even, even when those are restricted, you're definitely allowed to wash your hands, wash your face. I mean, even we who don't have uh, baths or swim, etc., we wash our hands and faces. And we're allowed to. So... Um, so Chazal realized that it would be a Xaira that we wouldn't be able to really withstand. Like they said, we're not allowed to um, use towels. People would basically still use them because how can you wash your hands and then not dry them? How can you wash your face and not dry it? And especially in the time of the Gemara, where you could use, uh, um, where you could have a bath in cold water, you would not be able to resist using a towel, and therefore they didn't make the Xaira. Um... The earlier rabbi, another answer given why Chazal did not see it necessary to make Xaira that you can't use the towel, is because how often is the towel that damp after a shower or a bath that you're going to squeeze the water out of it? Even if you get straight out, you jump straight out of the bath into a towel or straight out of the swimming pool into a towel, so it gets damp, but it's not necessarily enough water to be able to squeeze out. So it's, it's quite a remote concern that you're going to come to squeeze out, wring the towel. Um, and then a third uh, answer given from the Beur Hagra is uh, most people don't care that there's water in their towel. You use your towel, it gets damp and you hang it up. You don't care that there's water in your towel. You're unlikely to want that water that you're going to squeeze to collect that water and therefore you don't have to worry. So so there are numerous reasons why Chazal would not have made that Zera. Maybe Anshayt Veria is more problematic because they were allowed to actually have hot um, hot baths because they could go in the springs of Tiveria and maybe they were more likely to do it, etc. So maybe that's why Chananya ben Akavya to make the Zera. But that would be... Uh, but that is, I think, an interesting question. Why did he make a special Xayra when we kind of learnt it as a general statement that anyone is allowed to use a towel on Shabbos? Okay, let's go back to the discussion that we were having. Um, so remember, we were discussing, you have two balconies, or one, uh, I mean, it's irrelevant how many balconies, but you have balconies and you want to draw water on Shabbos. So that was what we discussing. So Amar Abbar Rav Huna Loishonu Rav Abbar Rav Huna said this is only lemalos ela lemalos to full water from the from the river. Aval lishbach osur, but to pour wastewater back out, that would be osur. Why would it be osur? So Rashi explains because the river comes. When you take your wastewater, either water you washed your hands with and your face with or whatever, and then you go and pour it back out this hole, it goes into the river, but the river takes it straight out into the Rishus Harabim. So it's almost, it's not into the back into the Carmelis. So granted within the, where this box extends down into the river, we view it all as a Rishus Harabim, as you pour the water back through that box and it hits the water, it gets washed straight out into the rest of the Carmelis, and that's why it would be Asur. Matkiflor Rav Shizbi, Rav Shizbi challenges, he says, Ma, 
What's the difference between this and the Uka? We're going to see in the next Mishnah a discussion of how you get rid of um, rainwater. And one of the things is you put a pit, you just dig a little hole in, the, in your Chotzer and you can pour the wastewater into that. I, why are you allowed to do that? It's going to overflow from the waste from that uka and run into the Rishus Arabim or run into the Carmelis again. So why over here do you say it's Osir because it's going to go into through the Rishus Ayochid back into the Carmelis? You should have that problem by the uka. So the Gemara answers, there's no honey to yami, vahani loy to yami. No, by the uka, it's most likely to get absorbed in the ground before it actually reaches the Rishus Arabim. Whereas in the case of the water being poured back into the river, it's not going to get absorbed, it's going to go straight back into the Karmelis. Ikan to Omri Sam had a slightly different version. Omer Abba Ravuna Loi Taimela Malois, Huda Shori, Lishbog Osir, Ella Lishbog Nami Shori. Not like we just said, you're allowed to draw water through this hole, but you're not allowed to pour water back through the hole. No, you're even allowed to pour water back through the hole. Rashizi said, isn't that obvious? It's the exact same as the pit. You're allowed to pour water, waste water into this uka on Shabbos, where the water will just flow back out of it into the Rishus Harabim. If you're allowed to do that, why can't you do it here? Obviously, he says, no. You might have thought that, no, the only reason it's permitted by the uka is that by the time it flows to the Rishus Harabim, there's actually a good chance it will be absorbed in the ground of the Chotzeh. And that's why it's permitted. But here where it's not going to be absorbed into the ground, it's going to go straight into the water, which is going to wash it out of the Rishus HaYochid, then it could be a problem. Kamash Malan is coming to teach us that it's not a problem. Okay, then the next case in the Mishnah was Shtei Gustro Zu. Remember, if you had two balconies, one higher than, well, either next to each other, one higher than the other, and the only the one balcony had the partition set up to draw water through the hole. That was the case there. It says, Omar Ravun, Omar Rav. Ravun is said in the name of Rav, Loishanu Ela Bismucha. This, that if they didn't make an Eruv, the lower balcony, oyser it on the, other, on the upper balcony. I remember we said you have these two balconies, and the one set up this um, partitions to be able to draw water. The other balcony, oyser that balcony to be allowed to draw water unless they make an Eruv. But he says, so Rav came along and said, this is only where the balconies are near to each other. If they far apart, I a distance of Fort Vachim, El Yoyna Muteres, the upper balcony, is allowed to draw water. It says, and this is Rav, according to his reason, as we saw a few days ago, if your only access to an area is through air, then you don't oyster that area on your friend. Now, if the only way that this lower balcony can access the upper balcony because it's at a distance of Fort Fochum is by throwing this bucket through the air, then they don't restrict the upper balcony. That's Rav's uh, principle. And that's why, again, if the, it would only apply this law that the, the lower balcony restrict the upper balcony from using that hole is because they're right near each other. Omar Rabba, Omar uh, Rabbi Yosef, Omar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi said in the name of Rabbi Chia, and Rabbi Yosef said in the name of Rabbi Yosef, Yesh Gezel B'Shabbos V'chuva Maskzil Balim. There is theft on Shabbos, and the ruin returns to its owners. Now, the, they seem to be, what's Yesh Gezel B'Shabbos? 
if you have a ruin next to your property and you use it often during the week, then on Shabbos regarding Hilchas Eruvin, even though it belongs to your friend who lives down the road, regarding Hilchas Eruvin, it's as if it's your ruin and you're allowed to carry in it or between your house and it without making an Eruv. So regarding Shabbos, it's as if you've stolen that courtyard. It's as if you've taken it to be yours. It re- it's a, that, sorry, not that courtyard, that ruin. That churva belongs to someone else. But since you often use it, again, you probably shouldn't be using it during the week without his permission. But on Shabbos, it becomes yours that you don't need to make a separate Eruv. That's the stealing. What does it mean, churba mazir lebalim? That on Shabbos, it returns to the owner. On Shabbos, even if you've been using it the whole week, on Shabbos, it considers its, its original owners. It's not yours, and therefore, if you want to use it, you need an Eruv. It's as if you returned what you stole during the week. So the Gemara asks, We say that there is theft on Shabbos. It becomes yours regarding Hilchas Eruvin. We see you acquire the courtyard for your usage on Shabbos. The churva masi lebalim, and then you come along and tell me that this ruin returns to its owners. Almaloikani, we see you don't acquire it. It's not considered yours; it's considered its owners, and you would have to make an eruv to be allowed to use it. So he says, "No, hachi komar." This is what it's saying. Yeshdim gezel b'shabbos. There is this aspect of theft on Shabbos. Kaitzad. How is that? The churva masi lebalim. Even if you've stolen it, you've been using this courtyard the whole week. There's the rule of Gezel, I that you have to return what you stole. So on Shabbos, we view it as if you're returning what you stole, and you're not allowed to use this Churva next to your house unless you have made an Eruv with the owners of it. Omar Rabba, Moisfin and Ashmaisin. Rabba said, We challenge this uh, Sugya. Um, if you have two balconies next to each other, again, this is our mission. You have two balconies, one above the other. The bottom balcony restricts the upper balcony. And he says, If there is this din of gezel on Shabbos, I that it goes back to the owners, why should it be also on the upper story? I, the lower balcony are stealing the usage of this... Uh, um, water drawing hole from the balcony on they're stealing it so it should go back on Shabbos they should not be allowed to use it but the upper balcony should be allowed to use their drawing water drawing hole so he says no the case is where they built that Mechitza, they built that those partitions to be allowed to draw water on Shabbos in partnership right, so it clearly also belongs to the lower balcony because they were partners in the construction of it. Oh, well then if the bottom balcony have their own one, they should still oyster the upper one. I, the Mishnah made it sound specifically because the bottom balcony, the lower balcony doesn't have a hole to draw water, that they're going to draw water from the upper one and therefore they restrict it. But if anyway they own rats in the upper balcony... Because they contributed to the building of that uh, water drawing mechitzas, um, then they should not be allowed to use it either way. So the Gemara and Sayyans says, no, Kivin Dasa Le Taktoin and Gali 
By the fact that they went ahead and built their own partitions on their balcony, they're saying that they don't want to use the one in the upper balcony anymore, and therefore they're kind of withdrawing themselves from it, and it would belong completely to the upper one. Okay. Um, yeah, I think let's go on to the next Mishnah. Last Mishnah of the Perek. And we'll try, we'll try to finish the period today. Sorry, let's go a bit slow. So if you have a courtyard that is less than four Amos, you have a, 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 the basic size courtyard that's usable would be four by, uh, four by four Amos, 16 Amos squared. You have a courtyard that is Less than that. You're not allowed to pour water into that courtyard, this wastewater that will run out into the Rishus Harabim on Shabbos. Unless you make this pit, this wastewater pit, that can hold from the hole downwards. Remember, this, uh, this pit is going to have a little hole so that if it starts to overflow, the water will flow out of it into the Rishus Harabim. Kind of like, you know, in our baths, they have that thing for if you fill your bath too high, or the basin's too high, it runs through that thing. So kind of you're going to have that in your pit in case you fill it up too much. So underneath that hole, it has to hold two sayer. Then, maybe mechut, maybe mefnim, whether you make this hole just on the outside of your courtyard or whether you put it in your courtyard. However, if you put this hole just on the outside of your courtyard, you have to cover it. Whereas if this hole is in your courtyard, you don't have to cover it. So let's just reassess this case. Can you have the small chotzer? That's going to be a key point. A small chotzer, less than 4 by 4 amos. If you want to pour water into the courtyard, you run into trouble because the water is going to flow out into the Rishus Harabim. Therefore, you're only allowed to do it if you've got a pit in it to pour the water into. Once you have a pit to pour the water into, then we'd run, then we're not concerned anymore, as we'll see. Just we just mentioned you can have that pit in your courtyard so that you pour the water into it, or it can be just out your courtyard. That you kind of pour in your water straight into there. However, we said if it's outside the courtyard, then it has to be covered. Why would it have to be covered? So there are quite a few reasons given. Rashi seems to say that you have to cover it so that it's because it has to be a mokom patur. Remember, if your house is next to Rishus Harabim, you would not be allowed to pour the water from your house into the Rishus Harabim. However, if you have this little pit that is three tfachim deep, then it counts as a mokom patur. And you can pour from your chotzer into the mokom patur. Now there's a concern that if it's left uncovered, it will fill up with sand and leaves and sticks and things like that. And it will end up, the bottom level will be slowly raised and not be three tfachim deep, not be a mokom patur. So you have to keep it covered so that it doesn't fill up. Um, another interesting chat is from the Ramor. He says that no, it's got nothing to do with Hilcha Shabbos that you have to keep this little pit covered. 
The reason is because someone might trip in it or damage themselves in it. So it's actually a halacha in the zikin not to do with Shabbos. Okay, there are other reasons, but I think let's go on. Rebeleza ben Yaakov, we're in the middle of the Mishnah at the bottom of Peiche Samur Aleph. Rebeleza ben Yaakov, if you have this drain, again, that runs out of your courtyard into the Rishus Harabim and it's covered and it's an area of four Amos by four Amos, you can pour water into it in Sha- on Shabbos. No, even if the roof is or the courtyard that you're pouring the water onto is a hundred amos long before it runs into the Rishus Harabim, and as it runs, you're still not allowed to pour into the drain. You pour it in on the roof. And it drips off the roof and it flows automatically into this drain. That's when you're allowed to do it. Either Chachomim said, Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov held um, that you're allowed to pour it straight into this drainage system that will flow into the Rishush Harabim as long as there's an area of 4 by 4 Amos as it goes into the recovered, as it goes into the Rishush Harabim. The Chachomim said, no, you can't pour it directly into the drain. You have to like pour it, like, you pour it on the roof, and it drips, flows into the drain itself. Um, then just one last point, going back on the... Yeah, as we'll see, the problem Chachomim have with pouring it into the drain is it's his energy that's pouring it into the drain and people will say he poured it specifically so that it flows out into the Rishus Harabim which is like he tried to transfer from Rishus HaYochid to Rishus Harabim. Then we just mentioned this, he's going back on the beginning of the Mishnah We said this whole discussion of the pit the Uka was where the courtyard is less than 4 by 4 Amos. He says that a courtyard that's more than four Amos we'll discuss in the Gemara. You would not need a pit. You can just pour the water straight into the Chotzer. And he says, and the Mishnah tells us that if you have an Achsadra, um, it joins together with the courtyard. Remember, the Achsadra is the like porch. The area does it. It has a roof, but no walls. So the area of the Achsadra you can combine with the area of the Chotzer to equal 4 by 4 Amos. Um, we'll discuss that further in the Gomorrah. It says, Similarly, if you have two, um, these are upper stories, two buildings parallel to each other. On the one side, the building on the one side made this pit in this tiny Chotzer that was between them, and the other side did not make an Uka. Those who made the uka can use it, and those who did not make the uka may not use it. Now the Gemara says, my timer, we, the first ruling, we'll come back to discuss this last ruling in the Gemara. The first ruling was, if you have this chotzer less than four amos by four amos, then you have to have the pit. Implicit in that is, if you, the chotzer is larger than four by four amos, you don't need to have a pit, you can pour the water straight onto the ground of the Chotzer, even though it will run off into the Rishus Harabim. says, my timer, why should that be permitted? So, A person normally produces about two sayers of 
wastewater either from washing your hands and your face and dish whatever a person normally has two sayer of wastewater each day and if a person has a courtyard of four amos he would want to he would want to do zlifa. What's zlifa? Is zlifa is when you sprinkle water over the ground so that it gets solid and it's not too dusty. If your courtyard, so what's pshat? If your courtyard is larger than four by four amos, then you then it's a usable area. You're going to be using it a lot, and you will want to do zlifa so that it doesn't get too dusty. You'll want to sprinkle water over it. So that it's the ground stays settled. Um, if it's less than four by four amos, you're not going to really use that courtyard. It's too small for any for real usage, and therefore you're not going to care to make sure it's not dusty. So, if you have a courtyard that's bigger than four amos, what you're going to do with your wastewater, you'll pour it out on the ground. Now, whether your intent is to do zalfon or whether your intent is just for it to run off, people think, and it looks like you're doing it for the zlifa to settle the dust, and you don't have the concern of pouring it straight into the rishus harabim. However, pachos midalet shoivchid, if you have a courtyard that is less than four amos, then you're just trying to pour it out. If you don't, if you make the uka, then you're allowed to pour it into the uka in the chotzer, that pit to collect the water. And if not, um, and if not, then it would be also to pour the water there. Again, he has the only reason he would be pouring water into the small chotzer would be for it to flow out into the Rishus Arabim, and that's a problem. So that's the first reason it's got to do with Zalfan, the sprinkling of the water to settle it. If you have a chotzer larger than 4 by 4 Amos, he's going to want to do Zalfan, so when he pours this water out, that's what you can assume he's doing. He has a good reason to pour it in the chotzer. If the chotzer is less than 4 by 4 the only reason he'd be pouring the water is that it flows out into the Rishus Arabim, which is a problem. Rabbi Zaira, Omar Rabbi Zaira says, Dalet Amos Tiyami Pochos Midalet Amos Lo Tiyami. Rabbi Zaira says, No. The reason why less than um, more than four amos is okay is because the water will most likely be absorbed into the ground of the chotzer. If the chotzer is two meters by two meters and you pour some water in there, two say of water there, it will get absorbed in the courtyard before it runs into the rishus harabim. If it's smaller than that, it won't. The Gemara asks, "My benayu, what's the difference?" The difference is if you have a long and thin one. I, instead of being four by four amos, it's along. It's two by eight amos. I, it's long and thin. It's a rectangle. It's still sixteen amos squared, but it's much longer. Now, how Rashi explains, according to Rabba, that you want to do zalfon, a long and thin courtyard is not really usable because. What you're going to use in such a thin area? So when you're pouring water in it, it's not for zalfon. It's clearly just so that it runs out. But according to Rabbi Zaira, that the reason is because you want it to, will it absorb in the ground? Well, if it's 16 amos squared, it's as likely to be absorbed in the ground, whether it's a rectangle or a square. So according to Rabbi Zaira, it would be fine. Then we mentioned tnan. But wait. If you have a, if you have a, 
Achsadra, a port, a porch next to the Chotzer, and together they add up to Dalad Amos. We said you can pour into that courtyard without the pit. It says, This makes a lot of sense according to Rabbi Zaira because it will get absorbed. It's difficult because you don't have a square, you have a rectangle. Says no, Targum or Rabbi Zaira answered the question on behalf of Rabbi. I always find this interesting. We see their intellectual honesty. Is someone asked a question on Rabbi who he's arguing with, and now Rabbi Zaira says, you know, I know how Rabbi would answer. That's not a good question. Rabbi would give the following answer: We're discussing an Achsadra that runs along the whole Chotzer. So basically, you have. Two by four amos of Chotzer and two by four amos of Achsadra, it's a very usable area. It's, it works out to be four by four amos in total. It's a usable area. And therefore, you would be likely to sprinkle the water to settle the dust because you use it often. Okay, Toshma, another question. If you have a courtyard that is not four by four amos, you're not allowed to pour water in it. This makes a lot of sense according to Rabba, but according to Rabbi Zaira, it's difficult. Um, yeah. Um, will tell you know Homani Rabbonin. He, the author of that, is the Rabbonin. I very interesting. The, we, there's two parts to our Mishnah. The first part was discussing just pouring the water into the small chotzer. The second part of our Mishnah was we brought Rebbelezer a discussion. Machloikas Rebbelezer Yaakov and Achachomim. If you can pour the water right into the drain where it's going to go into the Rishus Harabim, into an area of four by four amos that's covered. Rebbelezer and Yaakov said you can, and the Rabbonin said you can't. So Rebbe Zera says that the author of our Mishnah is the Rabbonin. He says the Rabbonin said you can't pour straight into a drain even though it's four by four. So it can't be because it's a problem of will it absorb. Because it's an area of uh, the drain is four by four amos. So if the concern is will it absorb, we can assume that it will absorb into that area. So it must be that the concern is, is the chotzer big enough that, um, that the water will, that you'd use it and therefore you'll want to do zalfan or not. But uman. Sorry, who's the author of that? Yeah, it says, but our Mishnah, Rebeleza ben Yaakov, he is actually Rebeleza ben Yaakov, because Rebeleza ben Yaakov held that you can pour straight into the drain. We see it's got nothing to do with whether you use the courtyard or not that makes a mutar, it's got to do with will the water be absorbed. It says, Omar Abba, Manisin. Sorry, I skipped a bit. It says, Oh, my Dukhat the Rebbe Zayr, Lokmel, Amanizin, Rebbe ben Yaakov. What made Rebbe ben Yaakov want to, uh, Rebbe Zayr want to learn our Mishnah, saying that the first part of our Mishnah is specifically Rebbe ben Yaakov, and not the general opinion that everyone agrees to? Why, what, what pushed him? What was difficult that he wanted to learn the Mishnah like that? So Omar Rabba Manisin Kashaisa, my the Mishnah was difficult. Says my Arya Datani Chotzer Shehi Pchusa. Why does it teach a Chotzer that is 
missing that is lacking. Rather teach a chotzer that does not have four by four amos. Ella love we see from here. Ella love shmamina. The must be Rebbelezer ben Yaakov. I again. There's two ways of expressing if you need a courtyard four by four amos. If the key point is like rubber. That you want an area of four by four amos because that's a significant chotzer that you are going to use and therefore you're going to want to do zlifa, zalfan, then it makes sense. Then the Mishnah should have actually phrased itself as an area of four by four amos. How did the Mishnah phrase itself? If you have an area, chusa, missing four by four amos. That sounds like rather the key factor is 16 by 16, uh, 16 amos squared. Not really that it's four by four, but that it is uh, 16 amos squared. And therefore, he wants to say that the Mishnah must be Rebeleza ben Yaakov, that the key factor is, is there a large enough area to absorb or not? Not to do with Zalfan again, because if it was Zalfan, then the Mishnah should have expressed it just as four by four, because that's the important factor. You need a usable chotzer. Okay. An interesting thing that this touches on is it seems when your discussion is a usable area, you need 4 by 4 amos. A useful area, something that you would consider a space to use. If, but even if it has 16 squared amos, but it's long and thin, more like a passage, we would not say that's a necessarily a usable area. What's the halacha regarding a mezuzah? We know that a mezuzah, it says, has to be placed on an area 4 by 4 Amos. What happens if you have like a walk-in closet or a long thin room that's two Amos by eight Amos? It's not four Amos by four Amos, it's two, eight, two Amos by, by eight Amos. Again, the minimum size for a mezuzah, for a room that requires a mezuzah, is 16 Amos squared. But does that mean it has to be in a square of four by four, minimum in a square of four by four? Or is it even long and thin? Um, so the Rambam rules... There, sorry, it just went blank. Just trying to remember who rules what. No, the Rambam rules it's not to do with uh, being a square of four by four amos. It can even be long and thin. If I remember correctly, the Rosh and Andri Shoinim say, no, it has to be a square. To be so, if you have a small, if you have in your house a small thin room, a walk-in closet, would you be obligated? That's narrower than uh, four amos, but it adds up to sixteen amos squared. Would you be obligated to place a mezuzah on it? So it seems the postim actually say you should put a mezuzah, but not say a bracha, because of the two opinions. Al Gomorrah they bring as a question on the Rambam. Okay, the Rambam came along and said, even if it's a long and thin room, you would be obligated to put a mezuzah. But by mezuzah, it says a bias that's dalad al dalad, a house that is four by four. We just said in Al Gomorrah that when we say, if we say four by four, that means it actually has to be four by four. Otherwise, it would have just said, Pusa, missing the area of four by four. So interesting that someone who asked that as a kash on the Rambam who says that a mezuzah 
Yuchayev in a mezuzah, even on a room that's long and thin. Okay, let's carry on. The Gomorrah just wants to go into this. It says, For me to say for Rebelezim and Yaakov, Rebelezim love Rebelezim and Yaakov. But how can you tell me that the first line in the, verse, the first case in the Mishnah is Rebelezim and Yaakov? Uh, the Mishnah starts anonymously. It says, Chotzer, Shehi, Putz, etc., etc. And then it goes, Rebelezim and Yaakov, Omer, regarding pouring straight into the drain. Now, by the fact that we then start the next point, as Rebelezim and Yaakov says, must be up until there, is not Rebelezim and Yaakov. So the Gemara says, no, Kula Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, it's all Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov, it's missing a, a piece, and this is how you read it. You can pour water into it on Shabbos. I really, all it's saying to fill in is that if it's less than four Amos, you can't pour water into this unless there's an Uka. But if there's more than four Amos, you can, like Rebeleza ben Yaakov says, sorry, Rebeleza ben Yaakov says you can, as, and then and then you'd go back to the regular reading on the Mishnah, as Rebeleza ben Yaakov says. Okay, let's go on. Um, a covered drain. Right, so this, as I explained, what's the case? You have a drain just by the wall, let's say by the wall of your chotzer, and it goes into the Rishus Arabim, but in the Rishus Arabim there's a covered area of four by four amos that this drain goes into. I guess in a way, this would be kind of like, I guess, our sewerage is... It goes from a pipe from our property into a much bigger pipe, into a main drain of, that would be, let's say, 4 by 4 Amos. Um, interestingly enough, yeah, I should have mentioned this at the beginning, but something you can think about when we're doing this sugya, are you allowed, if you live in an area or you're in a place where there's no roof, are you allowed to flush your toilet on Shabbos? Because when you flush your toilet, the wastewater and the sewerage is going, you're sending it out from your from your house, the Rishus HaYafid, into the Rishus HaRabim, or into the Carmelis. So, um, let's just see how the Sugya goes. So, Tana... Sorry, I'm just Oh, Manisin, Deloika, Hananya, Al Mishnah, the Chachomim of Al Mishnah, who say you're not allowed to pour water, that it goes into this drain, is not in accordance with Hananya, Tatanya, Hananya, Oimer, Afilo, Gagmea, Amalo, Yishpoch, Lafisha, Ain, Hagag, Osu, Livloa, Elalikloch. If you pour the water onto a roof that's 100 Amos long, even if it's 100 Amos long, you would still not, sorry, you would still not be allowed to pour water onto the roof, even if it's 100 Amos long, because the roof is designed that the water flows off it into the drain. And therefore you can't say, the Chachomim said, you're not allowed to pour, pour it directly into the drain. But pour it onto the roof, and it will run off the roof into the gutters, into the drain. And therefore it's indirect and it's fine. But Hananiah says, no, the roof is made to make the water flow. It's designed to make the water flow into the drain. And therefore it's not considered indirect and you would not be allowed to do it. Okay, new point. Um... This is going back to the requirement of an uka. Remember, uka, if you have a small chotzer, less than 4 by 4 amos, you have to put a pit in the chotz. If you want to pour water into the chotzer, you have to put a pit in it that can hold two sayers. This that you have to have the pit is only in summer. Ah, because then it's 
dry in the northern hemisphere in Israel when it's summer it's dry and the water will clearly just run flow out of the Chotzer into the Rishus Harabim and it looks as we saw it either is not going to be absorbed because the Chotzer is so small or it looks like you're trying to or you're definitely not doing Zalfan but either way it looks like you're just trying to pour the water straight into the Rishus Harabim which is a problem but in Winter, in the rainy season, there's no concern because you can pour and pour and pour and you don't have to worry about an uka. My timer, why? A person wants the water to be absorbed in his place. I doesn't actually care where it goes. In winter, his courtyard's muddy and damp and uh, full of water anyway. So he doesn't care that he's adding more water in. That's what it means. He wants it to go where it stay where it is. He doesn't care if it stays where it is. So Oh, but what about the case where you're pouring it into the drain? The Chachomim say, even there, you want it to get absorbed in the drain, but you're not allowed to pour it there. So we see it doesn't matter whether you care about it being absorbed or not. It should still be a problem. So Amalei, she says, Law. She says, No, what's the concern? If we're discussing the rainy season, what's the concern? If we're saying the reason you're not allowed to pour it is because you actually don't want to ruin your chotzer and therefore you want it to flow out. If that's your motivation, if it's the rainy season, it's already muddy and yuck, so that you don't care that the water's there. And if you want to say that the concern is everyone will say, look, water's flowing out of his gutters on Shabbos. He must be pouring his water out that it flows into the Rishus Harabim. People will suspect him of doing what's Asur. In winter, in, in the rainy season, those gutters are flowing with water anyway. So no one's going to suspect him of trying to get water into the Rishus Harabim. So therefore, there's no concern. Omar Rabnachman, Rabnachman gives a different answer. He says, If it's the rainy season, if the uka can hold two sayers, you can put two sayers in. If it can only hold one sayer, you can only put one sayer in. But in it, if it's summer, you're allowed to, if it holds two sayer, then you can pour water into it. If it cannot hold a two sayer, if it can only hold one sayer, you're not allowed to pour any water into it. Right, so this that the uka has to hold two sayer, to allow pouring into it is only in summer. Either way, according to Rab Nachman, you need to have an uka, so that it's not so clear that you're trying to get the water to run into the Rishus Harabim. But in winter, it doesn't matter what size the uka is. In summer, when it's dry, then you have to make sure that it can hold two sayah. But in summer, if the uka, this little pit for pouring your wastewater into, can hold a sayer, why can't you put a sayer in it? Why, do you, why can you not use it at a pour water into that hot set at all? It says, no, it's exactly that you might come to pour two sayer in it. Oh, well, then in the rainy season, there should also be exactly if you have an uka that can only hold. This pit that can only hold two, one sayer, you should not be allowed to pour into it even one sayer because it might overflow. There's no, what's the concern there? If the concern is that you definitely want the water to flow out of your courtyard because it's going to make it muddy, it's already muddy. 
and Makalkal. Oh, and if people will say, look, his gutters are flowing with water, he must be trying to clean out his courtyard and pour the water into the Rishos HaRabim. Stam Tzinoros, Makalchim Haim. Regular Tzinoros are... In, in, in the rainy season are flowing anyway, so no one's going to suspect him of trying to get water into the Shusarabim. So Omar Abaya Kilcha Hafilu Kura Filu Kurayim Abaya says, even if it's a kur, even if it's Kurayim, it would not be a problem. So I won't say. And, um, so Abaya is coming along and saying, yeah, it actually makes, in the rainy season, it seems it makes no difference. I'm not clear whether he's saying you don't have to have the uka or you do, but it actually makes no difference um, how much you're pouring because you're not trying to get it out into the Rishus Harabim because your courtyard's already muddy anyway. And you're also, no one's going to suspect you're trying to, of pouring water into the Rishus Harabim to get water from your Rishus Hayochan into the Rishus Harabim because it's... Uh, um, well, oh, because it's raining anyway and water's flowing out anyway. So they don't suspect you of actively pouring water out. So that would be uh, a leniency. Then the last case of the mission was if you had two buildings opposite each other opening into a small chotzer and the one building made a uka and the other building did not make an uka. It says, Omar Abba Filu Irvo. Rava says, Even if they made an Eruv. So Omar Abayam, my time, may Ilayma Mishum Nefishad the Maya. Sorry, even if there's an Eruv in that Chotzer that they're allowed to carry the water into it, the building that did not make an Uka cannot use the Uka that the other building did make. So Omar Abayam, my time, may Ilayma Mishum Nefishad the Maya. Abaya says, maybe you're going to tell me it's because there's too much water. With all these things, with this uka, this pit, um, a cracked jar, a pond, a kneading bowl, if you put water in on Erev Shabbos, you can continue to put water in over Shabbos. If you have an uka that can hold two sayah, even if it's actually already full, you're still allowed to pour more water into it. So it can't be because there's too much water, because there's no limit to how much. Once you have your uka, that's an interesting halacha, once you have your uka that can hold two seya, you can pour as much water into it as you want. So, so it can't be that's what Rava said. Rava um, said, This must be that it's, there's no eruv. Now between Rashi, you have to explain, this is how Tosos come along, it says, the Mishnah was referring to um, where they pour it in, there's no arrows, so they can't actually carry into the chotze. So what do they do? They pour it in their house, and it runs off and flows into the uka. Now the one, um, therefore, so lo shano el there's no arrows. Aval irvu mutarim, but einachinami. If they did have an arrows. Obviously, other building could use the uka. Oh, the irva my time law. If there's no eruv, why not? Just as the one building can pour the water on the floor of their house and it flows out into this pit, 
Why can't the second building who did not make an uka also do that? So Amaravashik Zairidil Ma'isilafuka Mimane the bottom the bottom lahasam. He says, No, they might use Kalim to carry the water out to the uka. I think what Pshat is is because the water um The water, sorry, one there. Um, the water is. Uh, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, the uka is most likely to be closer to the building that did it. So they're happy to pour water on their floor, and it rushes over a small area of the chotzer into the uka. But the other building is going to flow across their whole ground, the whole courtyard, and make it all muddy. So they're more likely to carry the water into the Chatser, which is also because there's no Eruv. So that's why it would be a problem. Just to go back to the question that I asked regarding flushing a toilet on Shabbos where there's no Eruv, I think there are three possible answers. I haven't looked into it. I have heard the question before, but I haven't looked into it. But I think there are three possible answers. Or maybe even four. The one is, maybe the whole discussion is pouring water that it, but this, this I've got reasons to say it's not true, but it could be true. Um, maybe pour, the whole discussion is pouring water that it goes from the Rishus HaRabim, from the Rishus HaYochid, into Rishus HaRabim. What if it's going to go from Rishus HaYochid into a Carmelis? Does this still apply? I mean, the previous uh, Mishnah, we did discuss pouring water back through the hole into the sea, and that was into a Carmelis. So that's why this answer might not stand. But it could be by your chotzer, the added factor, so maybe it would have to be if it's flowing into a Rishus Arabim, only then is it a problem. That's the one possibility, maybe it's only in a Karmelis. Second possibility is that you don't really care. It's, it's, it's a case where you're pouring, like in the rainy season, you're kind of pouring the water, you're flushing the chain, all you want is to, to just go back into the pipe that's still in your building. You don't really care that it goes out into the major sewerage. You just want it in that building. And so, so if you don't care, it's anal miscave and you have no, um, there's no kavana, it's not something you want, then there's more grounds to go lenient, like we saw here. And then a third possibility I was thinking is maybe the sewerage system is actually a Rishus Hayochet. I don't know why it would be necessarily considered a Rishus Harabim. But that's something else. Oh, sorry. And then the other... Yeah, so that's one thing. What is the sewerage system? How would you view it? What rishus? And then the final possibility is that we see once there's water in the uka, you can pour as much as you want, even though it's going to flow into the rishus arabic. So once there's already water in the drainage system, how they all... I mean, toilets definitely have, but even sinks have that... Uh, the, how the pipe goes... Uh, back up, so there's always water there, maybe you can pour more and more, and you wouldn't have to worry. Okay, let's leave it there for today.